to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Okay, welcome to episode 297 of the Dave's I Know podcast. God damn it. 297 of these motherfucking things that I've done. And I've been on every goddamn motherfucking one of them. Uh, and that's not even counting the watch parties. Yeah. And the, Shit, the, man. Yeah. English Premier League preview. Like, we've done at least several of those. Like, so that's where, yeah, we're we're easily into like. We have the, probably been on close to three hundred and fifty, if not more, episodes related to the Dave's I know. If you count everything, that's probably true and and yeah. slightly depressing. Um, but we're here. We're episode two ninety seven. We're talking about Minnesota Revolution, the upcoming Minnesota United matches. Uh, we are talking about specifically this upcoming match or this previous match and an upcoming match. And we have, uh, we do not have Jess this week. Jess took the, the week mm-hmm. off um, and good for her um, doing mental health stuff. Um, that's something, unfortunately, I, I'm willing, unwilling to do, apparently. But we have MJ here, who's also willing to uh, brave his, uh, his mental um, uh, trajectories as well to get here with us. So MJ, how are you doing, bud? I'm doing great. I mean, come on, David, for you and me, this is like therapy session every week. You know, like, like this is pro mental health for us like like i'm not saying neither of us need extra therapy after this but like this is this is part of you know a process of when you're a minnesota united fan you know you need to have a place a safe space you know and david this is our safe space is it (laughs) (laughs) good Good to know. I I just I, I I had therapy this morning, uh, a couple therapy with my wife, and so um yeah, good good to know. This is a, another safe space for us. So, uh, all right, let's let's jump in uh to the match. Minnesota United FC won. The New England Revolution won. This was a match. MJ, uh, you were there. I was there. I was in the Wonderwall section. I was literally at the corner of the goal where the goal was scored. Um, yes yes i think you were a little further away from that but man this was a uh this this felt like a draw that was a win but ultimately to me felt like a draw that was a loss because like god damn it we should have won this game like four to one we played really well especially off the start, and we've said this before, like the, the Loons play better out the gate than after both coaches have had a, had a chance to make some adjustments or talk at halftime and and better understand tactics. But like we start games really well, and we really took it to Earl Edwards Jr. stood on his head and maybe some other body parts to make some of these saves. Do you not agree? 
Oh yeah, no, he was he was amazing. Um, yeah, he definitely stood on his head many times. Uh, and again, like I said, the, the fact that we had what twenty seven shots against New England, seven shots. Um, I don't even know how many we had in frame. I think New England had like two shots maybe on frame. One went in, and we'll we'll talk about it in a second. But yeah, this was a to me um, in sort of like the long strokes of it, this was a comedy of errors of just like our team being absolutely incompetent in front of goal every fucking time until we weren't. And again, and I will say, spoiler alert, the guy who scored the goal scored with his wrong foot very incompetently um, and had to be assisted by the fucking goalkeeper. So um, this is this game to me was just a, entire comedy of errors yeah it's uh if you look at the game as a whole i don't know what the xg difference was but i'm guessing we should have won but the problem with expected goals is that they're not goals <laughs> they are goals in that that maybe should have could have you know and so you can create great chances you can create chances that are very probable for you to score. You still have to put the ball in the net. And to echo what David said, incompetence. Yeah. Um, so that first goal uh, was scored in the 30th minute by New England. So this goal was completely against the run of play. And, 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 it's not like we didn't know who their fucking star player was, right? Right. Uh, so I, I will just say, I think, I think we, before this goal was scored, we had like nine corner kicks. Um, I believe every single one of them was like parried out by New England or were, were shot long or over the, the, the goal line or something. Like we had so many opportunities in the box where this team just completely shit the bed. The spirit of once a loon, Alexi Gomez was alive and well, you know, so many shots over the net. Yes. Maybe one or two went wide, but most of them just skied over the net. High and wide as we, uh, as we are want to cheer in the one to all section. Um, however, MJ, to your point, New England had, I mean, they were not, they were not uh, attacking our goal at all. They were definitely set up to bunker and counter and, and, you know, skim a goal, grab a goal, like smash and grab kind of situation. And they did it um, in the 38th minute, a, a, a particularly shitty revs goal. Um, which is actually a pretty good goal from Carlos Gill, uh, assisted by his younger brother Nacho. Uh, uh, Nacho crosses the ball to the to the near post. Carlos Gill finishes as he's wont to do. One of the best players in MLS. That's what he does. He finishes goals like that, and it makes it one nothing uh, in the late in the first half, and. New England already bunkering before this. They're definitely going to keep bunkering. But MJ, I know you have thoughts on this goal. Uh, they put 
when Nacho Heel had the ball on, on the right-hand side, they had seven players in our 18-yard box. Do you know how many we had Three. behind them? Like, like as if, if they were going to get the ball, we're marking them in, in the shooting lane. Like, we're, we're in a position to defend these seven players. Of the seven, do you know how, 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 how many Loons players, not maybe marking well, but, like, at least behind the seven? Well, I said three before, but I'll say five. Yeah, you're right. It was five. So they outnumbered us. And when Carlos Heel received this ball just outside the six-yard box, yes, Ethan Bristow was in the neighborhood. And, and you know, I can't really ask Bristow to do much more. But someone had drifted near post and someone had drifted far post for the Red Bulls, completely unmarked. And, yes, Boxel and Tapias were both kind of double teamed. But it's like when we defend, we got to defend as a team. And we can't just assume that four back or five back is enough if they're putting seven in. That's just that's just horseshit defending. So I'm I'm completely disappointed. The, the Carlos Seal is going to do what Carlos Seal does. You want one touch to put it up for ninety. It's a pure, pretty goal. He 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 got enough space. You know he does what he does. I'm more concerned that if Dane St. Clair stopped that ball and parried it outside to the left or outside to the right like he's supposed to. We had no loons to take the two people that were wide open closest to the net. None of the defenders had had any wherewithal that these other two Red Bulls were there. And that's uh, unacceptable. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was, it was weird because like clearly Minnesota was in charge. They, the run of play was towards Minnesota, but then I I turned to Anna after that goal was scored. I was like that I could see that coming a mile away. It was just like just yeah. space and space and space and space and space. And it was like, oh yeah, so like, clearly that goal was coming. So um that was not heart like heartening uh in terms of results for Minnesota United. Uh then obviously the halftime happened, uh came back out and Again, it was the same fucking shit. It was just a lot of aggressive movement that went nowhere. It literally went nowhere. Like, and that's that's like the I'm trying to think of like the the, the simplest way I can explain how Minnesota United attacked without like getting super fucking nerdy. But it was like it was aggressive nowhereness. Like it was aggressively going places and then just like stopping. Um, we had we had a lot of crosses into nobody, um, a lot of uh, balls into the box to literally nobody. This was a uh, a game that like reeked of 2017-2018. Minnesota United. In, in, in which they were just trying to like put fucking balls into the box and hope that someone got ahead on them. Literally, Michael Boxel um, in the second half of this match was playing more as a forward than I think he was yes. as a central defender. I, there were many times I, I looked and saw M- Michael Boxel in the box uh, my, my, where I normally stand uh, for Minnesota United games at home is literally, if you're looking at the goal from the, Bru- the Brew Hall stand, 
just to the right of the goal. So on the left-hand side, if you are you are facing uh, the ball from the Wonderwall. And Michael Boxall was there a lot of fucking times. And I pointed that out to my wife, to Anna. I was like, why is Michael Boxall in the goddamn box so many fucking times? And it wasn't like recycling corners. It was literally him just being in the box. I think that was kind of a plan from Adrian Heason. So I guess I give him a, an iota of credit for like having a different plan. But if your plan is to uh, make your your plotting center back, your uh, attacking uh, attacking <laughs> forward, that's not a good plan. I mean, am I wrong there, MJ? Am I wrong? Well, the, there were times when Boxall was up for set pieces because he's a big head and he's good at getting heads on the noggin and sometimes good at putting those into the net. And at least in the first half, what happened is Trap or Grey Goosh would drop back into that center back role and be a, a fourth person on the back line. As you know, Boxhall's not the speediest motherfucker. So when he's backtracking to try to get back on defense, you know, we had someone back there. This has been a concern of mine for the longest time is when we put tall center backs um, up for set pieces, we don't have people back. So I'm glad to see that they're finally pulling people back. But that happened in the first half. In the second half, that didn't always happen. That awareness when you're tired, when you're tired, oh, yeah, see that, you know, Bristow or Boxall or Rosales or whoever, somebody who's tall that can head balls in, they're usually on a back line and they're up there trying to get a header for the set piece. In the second half when they're tired, Loons didn't really recognize that. So we were open for the counters a lot. One particular counter that, that happened in the 69th minute, nice, uh, was when there was basically, again, uh, Red Bulls onslaughting us, creating a, a three-on-two, and eventually there was a, not really a shot, but, you know, a, an attempt at a cross uh, by Esmir. Oh, boy. Esmir Vajrektarovic. He crosses out in front, and before... Um, whoever was sitting at the doorstep that no one was on could get it. Dane St. Clair just comes out and grabs the ball. Um, I don't know if that registers as a save. It's, uh, you know, it's a grab. It's a, it's a aerial, you know, turnover by, by the Red Bulls. But that could have been 2 nothing, you know, if not for Dane St. Clair. So, I mean, he had a good game. Like, the, the Carlos Hill goal is in on him. And, oh, yeah. No, and, no, no, no. And... and I would say that on on the plus side, when we were attacking, like David said, it's mostly like attacking to nowhere. Um, I thought some of the things Dotson did and some of the things that uh, Tajari Shradi did when he finally came on were better. I thought they made better decisions. But again, they're shooting from outside the 18-yard box or just inside the 18-yard box because that's all the Red Bulls were giving us. And then we had no one cutting in for trying to like – mess with the goalkeeper, get a rebound, maybe try to run a screen so the goalkeeper can't see anything. Like, we had nobody kind of running in when we were shooting. So it's it's a one and done. It's, it's a one shot and a, and, a, and a goal kick or a turnover. Um, very, very frustrating. Yeah, no, but I, I think, MJ, what I was trying to, what I was trying to say is that, um, in the, especially in the second half, like, I don't think you realize this, but um, Michael Boxel was a forward for most of the second half. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with this. 
he was no, no no MJ. He was a fucking forward for most of the second half. He was it was it wasn't like he was getting in on in into the box when there were corner kicks or or uh, set pieces. There was m- multiple times where <laughs> there was not a corner kick, and Michael Boxel was the guy who was trying to get an end, end of balls. And I think this so. I think there's obviously we have with Pookie out, with uh, Song Bin Jong gone, Pookie out because of international duty, Song Bin Jong out because of international duty, um, Rosales out because of international duty. Like obviously we have to like we have to make do with things. But like the fact in the second half of the game, Michael Boxo was in the the ha- like the attacking half. I think way more than he was in the and maybe. Maybe like if you actually look at the stats, he won't. He will. It would be like, oh, he's definitely more in the in the defending half. But like, he was in the attacking half way fucking more than he normally is, and I think that is a that's a problem for this team. Um, the fact that we it's, don't have a non Puki in, you know, bringing Mender Garcia, taking out Mender Garcia, whatever. That this is a that's a whole other like issue with the team, but. I don't think you realize how much. I mean, I'm literally, I was literally just watching Michael Boxall try to attack that goal for a long fucking time in the second half. Let me clarify that my previous comments were trying to sh- focus on: Do we have someone back for Boxall when he's up there or not? Sure. And and typically we have not. Uh, and I'm glad that we did in the first half more. But I would agree with you that it wasn't just set pieces. Like in this game, he was uncharacteristically trying to compensate for, oh, someone in the attack should be cutting here. No one's doing that. I could tell Gregush to get up there, but instead of telling Gregush or Trap or Dotson to like fill this space, I'm just going to go up there and do that, which is one, inefficient, and two, leaves us open for counterattacks on the backside. Um, so I, I completely agree with you that it was not just set pieces. Um, but you know, my, my main point of my previous comments were just previously when we've seen Boxall go up for set pieces, we haven't had anyone back in the first half, Greg Ocean Trap did a pretty good job of, at covering his ass. And in the second half, he was up there so much like, like, you know, like we, we didn't have people back for him. Yeah, no. And that's, that's, and that's hundred percent fair, hundred percent fair. Um, uh, so we, we we're burying we're burying the lead, I hear, I guess, in that we scored a goal at the death of play. Uh, How about Frank, that Gregor's crossbar, though? Come on. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Gre- yeah, Gregor's used the crossbar, <laughs> rattles the crossbar in front of the wonder wall. It was it was a gorgeous shot. Um, How it did not go in, no one will know. But uh, but it was like you, Dick Zeller. It was too high. That's what, how it didn't go in. A little too high. A little too high. Uh, but we we uh, we steal a point in for the first time in um, at Allianz this year. Instead of giving away a point at the death, we steal a point at the death uh, with a Franco Fragapani right-footed, so his, his wrong foot uh, goal from a Dane St. Clair assist, a goalie assist, goalie coming up and and providing um, more than just uh, saves, an assist to Franco Fragapani. Uh, who uses his right foot, his, his non-dominant foot, um, to sneak it past Edwards Jr. Uh, Minnesota gets the goal, makes it 1-1. We steal the point. We're still in seventh place. Um, after the weekend, MJ, 
what are your thoughts on all of that that transpired? That was a, it was a it was a messy situation. I hate to correct you on air, but I believe Franco Fragapane is right footed. Oh, um, so he was left. No, no, he hit it with his right foot. He's left footed. He hit it with his right foot. He's left footed. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it, the transfer market has his foot uh, as right. He's they're he's wrong. Been, they're he's wrong. Been, yeah, no, no, he he's been like ever since I remember. He, I was like, yes, put please stop putting left footed wingers on the left that you expect to cross balls into not call strikers. For he, I was so happy when. He gave Fragapani the left wing spot because, like, okay, now we can have someone who can shoot with his right on the left, cut inside. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he I just double checked it. He's right footed, but nonetheless, nonetheless, Fragapani with a very impressive shot when we needed it. And I mean, it, I think it, was, it wasn't was that impressive. impressive. It wasn't that impressive, but he did hit it. And listen, if you hit it and it goes in the goal, it's fucking impressive. I, I I'll why is it that. not impressive? You look at how many. How many how many people are, are are around the net there? He had to he had to find that lane to to get get it like behind the goalkeeper, whatever it was. Like that's impressive, isn't it? No. MJ as, as someone who plays soccer, it's not impressive. Like, yes, it, it's impressive that he found a lane. It's impressive that he hit it with his right foot. It was his non-dominant foot. Um, and uh also that it was his dominant Claire, Dane St. Clair managed to find him. Dane St. Clair, I think, wanted to shoot that ball and he had he like kind of whiffed on it. And so he yeah. just kind of like shoved it to Franco Fragapane. yeah. It's so it so all of that all of that all of that together is very, very impressive. But like individually, all of those things are not very impressive. Which is I get I get it. I understand. And I'm I'm being a I'm being a pessimist here and, and that is on me. Why are you I, being such I, a negative I, Nathan I, about this? I, I am. Be, I'm being. An, I'm being a negative Nathan, and I. I you know, a, a downer Dave. I get it. I understand. Um, but it it did not diffuse how fucking amazing it was when that ball trickled past the goalkeeper, past Edwards Jr. into the back of the net, right in front of the wonder wall, and we got to see like Fragapane. And a bunch of the players jump into the stands. That was fucking cool. You were in the Wonder Wall, so Reynoso's jumping into the stands. Takapani's jumping into the stands. Did Dane St. Clair jump into the stand? Like, like he, there were several. I moves. think he ju- he jumped over the barrier. I don't think he got he got into the stands, but he was he was definitely over the barrier. Yeah. But you know, you have members of the Wonder Wall just hoarding and you know patting players on the back. You know. It, it 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 felt like a, a game at the NSC with you know tearing down the barriers and letting the fans and players in- intermingle like freedom. I don't like that's how it felt like when I saw the replay. Uh, Zell, you yeah. were there. How how crazy was Wonderwall? I mean, Wonderwall lost its shit, man. It was it was fucking amazing. Like if there was any time to play Wonderwall after a draw. It would have been after this game, but we do not play Wonderwall after draws. Wonderwall is only played after wins, and for a very good and specific reason. But if there would if there would have been an opportunity to play Wonderwall um, after a draw, it would have been this. So, um, anyways, so yeah, so it ends one one. Uh, Minnesota United steals a point from New England. Apparently, New England has also had a a very last minute draw the week before. So 
definitely stung a little bit for our, our revolution friends. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we had 27 shots to New England 7. And Fragapane named to the team of the week with that goal. Uh, Dane St. Clair and Hassani Dotson on team of the week bench. The fact that uh, Dane St. Clair got an assist and was not on, was not the team of the week goalkeeper yeah. kind of blows my mind. Um, I don't even know who the goalkeeper the was, but yeah, like yeah. He, he had several amazing saves plus an assist. A, a, yeah. a game that, that should be enough, but like MLS is going to MLS. It is. It is what it is. Uh, that is our eighth draw at home. Uh, seven of those draws have been one-one draws. Um, most of them, us conceding late, but this one, us scoring late to get that draw. Um, yeah, MJ. What else do you have for uh, extra time on this match? Um, on the draws, some people might say some of those draws came before Reynoso was here and Puki came here, and I'm telling you. It does not matter what players we have. We're going to Minnesota United the fuck out of the season, no matter what. So um, that's what I got to say about that. Uh, John Malthar fetched several quotes in the post-game interviews. The first one from Dame St. Clair, if you've ever scored a goal, and quote, I have not yet, key on yet. I will get there one day, unquote. And the best one, is from our favorite manager, Adrian Heath, on a deadpan answer of something like, someone asked, like, you know, what have you been training on in the week that helped you prepare for New England Revolution or something like that? Someone asked some question like that. You know, what, what were you training on in the week? Or do you do you train for, you know, end, end game situations, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, we've been working on training all week with Dane setting up for the last minute. Anyway, oh, good old, good old, good old, good old Adrian. <laughs> um, all right. So, who do you have as your Freddy Do for this match? Well, you hinted at it earlier with saying that Dane St. Clair made team of the week, but not the starting goalkeeper of team of the week. And I think Dane St. Clair, with his saves and assists, deserves uh, my good Freddy Do. Great. Perfect. Uh, I mean, you're stealing the goalkeeper uh, union from me, but I'm going to go Bruce Arena. Bruce Arena for getting his ass <laughs> fired. Um, so, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. So, um, wait, 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 like he's, he, he, he was suspended. He's now been let go, right? Uh, got his ass fired. I don't know what he said, but he got his ass fired. So, uh, not let's his move first on. time getting fired. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, MNUFC2, I forgot to put the... They think they won? I don't even know. I think they won uh, in penalties against Austin. I think it was like 9-8 or something like that. There was It was kind of crazy. Um, anyways, let's move on to another other stuff. Uh, we talked about this last week. Uh, Caden Clark, the former uh, New York Red Bull player, former uh, Minnesota Thunder Academy player, um, Medina native. He's officially signed a contract apparently with, uh, with the loons um, from Red Bull Leipzig. Red Bull Leipzig has loaned him out to Danish second division uh, Vendesil FF through December. His contract officially will kick in in January. 
It's a two-year contract with two club options. So 20, uh, 2024, 2025 with uh, 26 and 27 club options for Minnesota United. Uh, Caden Clark, a, a, a player that I think a lot of us, um, when he was traded, you know, traded in, in, in quotations to Rebels, his, his rights basically, um, a lot of us gave the team shit for just getting $75,000 for him, not actually building him up through our academy, um, wondering what the hell is going on. Um, he's back in the in the fold of Minnesota United. So, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts, MJ, on Gaden Clark? For those unfamiliar with the extreme messy complications of MLS player acquisitions, let me okay. just say that this is – you might just want to fast forward to this part of the pod, but, like, like – Caden Clark had already signed with Red Bulls 2. He was already, you know, in the Red Bulls 2 mix of things. But Minnesota United found some sort of clause about because he was a Minnesotan and, you know, was born and raised in... in uh, Well, Red. so to be fair, Red Bulls 2 was part of USL, which was not part of the MLS at that time. So... Important detail, David. Thank you for adding that. Yeah. Um, so it was only like, anyway, because of MLS Next Pro and getting the Red Bulls into the MLS world, not in the USL world, and other things, uh, in order for the New York Red Bulls to sign him, they needed to get his MLS rights. His uh, Was it allocation rights or discovery rights? Anyway, one of those two player acquisition models, like they had to get, I think, discovery rights from Minnesota United because Minnesota United had discovery rights on him because he was a Minnesotan or because Minnesota had earmarked him as a player of interest. And David is right. All they got for Caden Clark was $75,000 of general allocation money. Um, So, which is kind of chump change for a player that has European potential. Um, and he went and played in, in, in East Germany. And for, for that team, I, I don't like that. I don't, that I really despise. He played for uh, Rosen ball sport Leipzig. And, uh, you know, they thought he wasn't good enough or didn't fit in. So like now they've loaned him to Venzicel uh, in, in Denmark. Uh, but we got him back. Um, coming home. He's coming home. It's coming home. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and I think, you know, for good or for he's going to be a great MLS player. And I'll, he could even be a great MLS player under Heath, of all things. We'll just have to see. So I'm excited. He, he's not, he can't come here until 2024. So he's. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be here in January. Um, I, I think there's definitely a possibility that. I mean, he's only 20 years old, so he's going to operate, I think, under the uh, D- the young DP uh, initiative, more than likely, um, which means that he could definitely, like, in a year or two, get sold back to Europe. Um, that I don't think his European journey is, like, 100% over at this point, even right. though yeah. it didn't work out at, um, at uh, 
uh, Red Bull Leipzig. Like he definitely could go to another a European team, and that's honestly like I think that is one of the things that a lot of us like Minnesotan fans like we want our team to do well, but I think a, a lot of us, maybe not enough of us, let the team know that we like we would like for our team to be a a team that develops players and then sells them on to other, other teams, right? Like it's, there's one thing just win your league every year, which you literally cannot do in a league like MLS. Um, So part of the, of the idea of of this team that I think maybe the team didn't recognize right away early on, it was like, we want to be a team that develops that, that we, we were successful, but also we are building players up. We are developing players and we're selling them on, or we're, we're moving on to a different and better situation. So um, with the idea that winning is also very paramount to that, but I think the team to their detriment was either like, well, it's either winning or it's selling, and we're not going to choose either. So we're going to be yeah. down the middle, and that is kind of like the the frustration that I generally have with our uh, our front office player acquisition department. So, by the way, every one of our listeners should be very thankful that I did not know Dave wanted to talk about this pre podcast. So I did not do a deep dive on gathering quotes. From Adrian Heath, Bill, Dr. Bill McGuire, Nick Rogers, uh, and uh, Manny Lagos on things they've said about the academy or having a, a team in USL affiliate or, you know, just shit they said about developing younger players in Minnesota or an academy. Uh, the quotes are out there. You can go find them yourselves, but, you know, listen. Lies. Lies, 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 lies. Just all it. fucking lies, man. But that's yeah, they, they weren't good. What 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 they had to say about you know we're 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 not having that discussion right now. But now we're only talking about the, the 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 first team and the next pro team and all that. And and to their credit, they've done a really good job of of building up the the next pro team. Uh, and the MLS next team, and uh, clearly they, they sold a really good asset in Ezeal Jackson to St. Louis City. I'm guessing they're probably regretting that decision a little bit, but um, they did make some money off of that comp- of that transaction as well. So, um, all right, Jacob let's move. Snyder, on. He he never was going to stay here. So yeah, let's move on. Um, let's just let's just power through our normal break here and and just finish off the podcast. Uh, yeah, Minneapolis City, I would say uh, they just announced the, uh, I think two weeks ago, um, the season ticket uh, package. I think it's $74 up from the uh, very nice $69 level. Um, so if you want to get uh, in on all of the Minneapolis City matches for next year, uh, the scarf, the membership voting rights, things like that, you can vote MJ out of. Uh, his office in not this year, but next year. Um, yeah. We could probably, yeah. we could probably listen, like hit me up. We could probably start a recall petition and get MJ voted out 
this year. I haven't been doing well to. as a board member. I just so, want to say that. So yeah, I'm just saying seventy four dollars gets you gets you all that gets you the ability to talk to me about organizing a recall election for MJ. Um, yeah, I think honestly, I'm not. I don't give this credit often, but I think he's been doing an okay job. Um, I don't have a reason to recall him, but if you uh, if everybody buys enough shares. I can guarantee that I can organize uh, a recall election against MJ. So if that is your speed, let me know. Um, but yeah, get your get your Minneapolis season tickets, uh, Minneapolis City season tickets uh, ASAP. And then let's move on to uh, the thing you actually cover, MJ, go for soccer. Yeah, this week on the go for soccer gala, we just have one game to cover. Uh, they went down to Omaha to play Creighton. In the Big East, huge 0-0 draw. They end up being disappointed as the Gophers looked like the better team for much of the game, but uh, could not get any goals. Really kind of felt like the loons in the sense of like getting the ball into some dangerous attacking areas and then just missing that final run, final pass, um, final movement to change your shooting lane. So, you know, something was a little too predictable, a little too easy to defend, but the the big news is uh, like that Creighton has all these international players. And my first question is since some of them are from regions of the globe where the number one or the number two or number three religions are not Catholicism. Um, like are all these players Catholic? Now I agree that Creighton's a international university. They do not require you to be Catholic to attend, but Four players from England, three players from Canada, two from Japan, the two Sirota sisters from Israel, and backup goalkeeper from Hamburg, Germany, and one player from Serbia and one player from Norway. You know, and yes, they had teams from Kansas and teams from Nebraska and teams from Colorado or players from, from all these places, but that are closer to Omaha. But like, wow, what an international team. And I thought the Gophers did what they the Creighton definitely looked better than Marquette, the last Big East player the team that they, they won in Marquette, two to nothing. So they definitely looked better than, than them in the Big East. It was a tougher team. But yeah, uh, four saves and a clean sheet for a goalkeeper, Megan Flashko. That's three or four clean sheets in a row for her, including the five nothing win against St. Thomas and a very impressive nil nil draw down in Georgia. So they end their non conference season. With four wins, two draws, and one loss. The only loss to University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Um, Big Ten season starts this Friday for the Gophers. Friday, September 15th, 6 p.m. at University of Michigan. Uh, you can watch the game on Big Ten Plus streaming, or it'll probably be on the Blackheart. Just come on out. Uh, and the next home game will be the Thursday following, September 21st at 6 p.m. at Elizabeth Lyle Racing against that other Michigan team, Michigan State. Um, they're a fun team. The coach, Aaron Chastain, definitely has a tactics vision, a, a plan. Uh, these gals are fun to watch. They're technically strong on the ball. Um, come watch some entertaining women's soccer uh, in Minnesota. So, wait, you thought that Catholics went west of the Mississippi River? <laughs> and why did you think that like hey motherfucker those those 
those dumb motherfuckers stop at the Mississippi River. They're like, we don't need to go over there. That's 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 for the uh, it's for the weirdos, and that's why Mormons exist. <laughs> Listen, I I have a cousin-in-law that was raised Catholic and went to Creighton. So and then Omaha is just west of the river. So you, like, you, well, it's not even west of the Mississippi; it's west of the Platte River. So that's even further west. Uh, I get your point. The the, the, the Mormons went that way. I, I get that. But, you know, Brigham Young, all that. But, but Catholics went all around the world. Like, like they, they tried to, like, use imperialism and religion to, like, get trade routes and, like, set up military complexes all over the world. Well, they're doing what, what the United States is doing now. So, I mean, Spain and Portugal has fought wars over which, which, which are, whether the Jesuits or the uh, whatever, like, different types of Catholics could be the first on this remote island like Japan anyway so so I don't I don't defend uh Catholicism generally MJ uh, and I <laughs> I grew up a cat I grew up a Catholic and so but I'm, I am I am a I am a uh repentant uh reformed Catholic um I do not re- I do not defend it very often however I will I will say and you're right like they definitely like fucked shit up for a long fucking time however i will i will i would argue very hardly like very hard against you that they're the ones who fucked up um the uh western part of the united states that oh no i i, I that is truly on the mormons and it's truly on uh yeah well no, no I'm, I'm not saying i'm not saying they were i'm just i'm just i, just, I need to defend my uh so so so-called people um, <laughs> as little as I possibly can, but I feel like I need to defend them for a little bit. But yeah, no, it is a uh, yeah, uh, fuck religion. Yeah, that shit sucks. All right, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, so we have the sporks coming up this weekend, MJ. On we, we, we have non-religious things to talk about on this podcast. We yes, we have non we have non-religious things other than um, my religion is uh, not. Kansas City barbecue, it's Texas barbecue. Fuck Kansas City. Yeah. Let's go. Well, and we know Peter Vermes' religion, and that is beating Minnesota United. You know, yeah, be- being the shit out of Adrian Heath. Which you know what? If that is a religion, I will be a fucking priest for that religion. So <laughs> it's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, uh, who else? So we have we have obviously Peter Vermes coming to town. Um, who else from Kansas City should we be looking out for? Uh, fresh off scoring a goal in the last game, Roger Espinoza, who normally doesn't try to score against Minnesota United. He just tries to fuck players up. Like, if you want to put a, a a bet on, will Roger Espinoza try to, like, tear Will, will Trapp's uh, knees or um, slide tackle you know, Reynoso's ankles or, you know, do a, you know, Cobra Kai leg sweep on Boxall, you know, like Roger Espinosa is the guy. He's their guy to do that shit. So, yeah. um, uh, just, you know, one, if you're a fan, you know, watch that fucker. He'll be away from the ball and he'll be doing stupid shit. And ref, watch that fucker. And players, Player, Minnesota United players, please watch that fucker. He will try to just mess your entire career up by doing stupid shit. 
don't let him do that. Um, other thing, uh, Kiri Shelton uh, attacking forward has four goals all time against Minnesota United, and right wing uh, fucking Johnny Russell, just one of the the second most successful players against Minnesota United, two goals, eight assists in ten appearances versus the Loons. Just fucking watch out for that fucker, and <laughs> it's hard because the you know Alan Polito is on is in the center, and who's their left? Uh, their left winger is pretty damn good too. Whoever that fucker is. Yeah, uh, Eric, tell me. Um, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say Polito. Polito is he was out from almost all of last year. I think he had an ACL tear. Um, he's been uh, higher a fire for the. Uh, sports, uh, Daniel Shalloway, um, also yeah, Daniel Shalloway, thank you, left winger as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's on three, like, yeah. and then, uh, yeah, and then you, I mean, factor in arguably, you know, for a very long period of time, was the best American goalkeeper who never got a, a and he never got a chance with the U.S. men's national team, Tim Malia, no. back Tim in Malia's nets. Good. Yeah, he's back in nets now again for. Uh, for Kansas City, he never got a shot at the U.S. men's national team job. But for the longest time, I think, honestly, he was maybe the best American goalkeeper in, in MLS, um, for sure. So the back line has changed, obviously, a lot. Uh, you're, I think Graham Zussi still on the roster, but he's not playing <laughs> regularly. Um, the, 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 you know, the, um, the players we normally think of for the Kansas City back line out there. But their attack can be dominant um they lost their last match uh to in miami to miami three to two um but they scored some goals i mean obviously miami has got some issues defending and this is before international break by the way as well but uh so they have some issues defending but you know the team can score some goals and we have our back line has been better recently but is not covered itself in glory this year so I think I worry a little bit about how we line up against uh, Sporting Kansas City. Do you have any thoughts on on that, MJ? Um, I agree that the the back four are are not the same people. Usually, you could rely on their defenders not named Icopara to be just horseshit. Um, they've made some improvements back there. Uh, uh, I think I think Andrew Fontas is is is, is solid. Uh, for Sporting Kansas City. So he's a good center back. He'll probably keep them in line. But more importantly, they've had a, just a string of really good defensive midfielders kind of in that the center of their 4 3 3. Uh, Ilya Sanchez, you know, from Barcelona was there before he went to watch LAFC for years. And then they had this young kid named Gianluca Busio. Who is fucking incredible and is now playing in Italy with Venezia. So uh who did they replace those guys with? They found a guy in France named Remy Voltaire. It looks like Walter, but it's pronounced Voltaire. And Remy Voltaire, he's a super solid guy. He helps them on defense, he helps launch the the, the attack and and play the ball forward to to the front three. And uh so yeah. You know, watch out for that fucker for different reasons. Not like he's he's not going to try to injure you. He's just going to try to kill you with a thousand passes. 
It's kind of like killing you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm concerned. I'm really it, concerned it, about it, in in the French version of killing you, which is like <laughs> point, a gu- point a gun and say, "I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to shoot at you." <laughs> Boom. And then you like wait a second, and then like the gun, the bullet hits you, and you're like, "Sacre!" I am dead. I don't know. More or less, right? More on international cinema on. Dave and Eric Grady's other podcast. <laughs> uh, all right. How how do we do this game? Uh, this is a game at home. Uh, Minnesota United absolutely needs to win this game, MJ. What do you yeah. think is the result here? Yeah. We're, we're going to lose. Uh, we're going to lose 2-1. to one. Son of a bitch. I was going to give Jess the loss on this one. I think Jess, Jess, Jess would say we're going to tie 1-1. Uh, you said we lose two to one. I'm gonna say we win three to zero. Oh Clean wow, Dane Sinclair. Let's let's get let's get weird, man. Let's get fucking yeah. weird. So I hope I hope you're right, and I hope I'm wrong. And you know, I I rarely say that unless we're talking about this part of the episode. <laughs> I know I, I know I know how hard it is for you to say that. So it, it is. It. It's really hard for me to say that. Uh, all right. Well. All right, so three nothing victory for me. Uh, MJ is predicting uh, we lose seven to one. Uh, I'm gonna give Jess two to one, two to one, giving Jess a one to one draw. Uh, all right, let's move on. And I guess our last sort of thing here is uh, speaking of the the revolution, which we talked about earlier. Uh, they released fired slash shit can slash I have no idea. Yeah, um, released Bruce Arena. The uh, according to a lot of the puff pieces I was reading earlier today, the most prestigious coach, prestigious, uh, sorry, prestigious soccer coach in U.S. history. I don't necessarily agree with those statements, but that is a lot of a, a lot of what I've been reading about um, this guy getting shit canned from a job that he probably should never have been able to be fired from um, because he was some kind of uh, ick and I don't know if it was homophobic or if it was racist or what because no one actually knows what's going on here. However, we do know um, our, our friend Kaylin Kyle was suspended by uh, MLS and, and Apple TV from appearing on Apple uh, MLS Apple TV stuff for at least a, a month uh, after claiming that Serena is being investigated for um, uh, racist stuff, but then walking it back, saying that she had no idea what she was saying, which was a, a weird flex for somebody who, you know, pretends to be a journalist. I don't know if she if she's ever said that she's a journalist, but um, being someone who's on TV talking about about soccer and stuff, you feel like you like vet your sources and stuff, but. I don't know. I'm I'm talking a lot, MJ. Um, do you have any thoughts on any of this stuff? You know, um, I'm not a, a Bruce Arena lover. I'm not a Bruce Arena hater. Uh, I don't know all the facts. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the MLS investigation turns up. Um, I have a very very good feeling it's not going to show anything that will be available to anybody in the public. Right, but, right, right, right. Like the the problem with 
MLS being a single entity and everybody not being employed by the teams, but being employed by MLS, is that means MLS can't make his firing look like a good thing for MLS. Like he's being fired as an MLS employee. So then MLS has to, it's not just New England revolutions have to save face, you know, like, MLS has to save face. If, if MLS could say, oh, look, we're house cleaning this problem at New England Revolution, they could choose to go that route, but they're not going to go that route. The, the, nothing, nothing's going to be found so, out of this that we're so, going to like or or that we're going to know. Um, so so, so let, me, let me step you right there because I think – so, yes, you are correct. Like, the fact that this is a single entity league means that the league is generally going to try to keep everything under wraps, right? But, like – if he's being let go, this is a guy who's not, it's not like, it's not like he is, I mean, Robin Frazier was let go, right? And like, would, you and I know who Robin Frazier is, right? Like, there's maybe. Yeah, he was in the moment. So here, let me, let me talk this out here for a second. Like, there are maybe, what, 300,000 people in the United States who know who Robin Frazier is? Maybe. Right. Maybe. Right. I guarantee you that number is 10 times that for, or not 10 times that, like it's whatever, up to 3 million. There are people who know Bruce Arena's name. Yeah. Right. So well, nobody knows, nobody knows who Robin Frazier is. A lot more people know who Bruce Arena is. And the fact that Bruce Arena is, is being let go, um, fired, shit can, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And he, he releases a statement. The team has been nobody says anything about what he actually said, even though he kind of he apologized for being offensive. I'm like, that's every other time somebody is shit can from the league. They are they are they're not given the the Viking boat fucking funeral uh, out the door, right? Like Bruce Arena yeah. is. Yeah, so he clearly fucked up really hard. And the t- and the league um, either is unable or unwilling to like say what he did, and either of those options is not fucking good. Can, can I read this from the Associated Press? MLS did not detail its findings except to say in a statement that the probe quote confirmed certain of these allegations unquote. The league said if. Arena wants to accept a future position within MLS. He must petition the MLS commissioner. That's all we're going to get. That that is all we're going to get. So, that th- this reminds me of um, the the dudes, the, the the fucking asshole coaches from uh, Detroit, who and and general manager who got fired because of the molestation stuff. And they have to, if they want to get back into, or the, the coaches who were, who were not like molesting kids, but like were part of the organization that like was silencing people, they got fired and they need to like petition back to get into the NHL if they want to ever coach in the NHL again. That's a big fucking offense. And so like, I'm, the fact that nobody has leaked out what he actually said or what he did is I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just, you know, I'm not you. I'm not. I'm not MJ and I'm not. I'm like. I'm not like driving into like deep conspiracy theories. But like, 
I am I'm I'm a skeptical motherfucker generally, as as is my like want in life. I'm skeptical about like like this this wasn't just like him saying the n-word at a dude or him um you know uh you know using the p chant or or calling somebody calling a hispanic person an s-word or something like this was not this wasn't just like a one-off thing this has to be and i don't want to get into conspiracy theories i do guys kind of like conspiracies, but i'm not going to do it right now this was not a like a one-off like just quick spur of the moment thing. This has to be something bigger. And I'm probably now in Dave Anon conspiracy theories. Listen, you, you might be surprised to hear this, but the way the MJ is, is looking at this is that the hero that nobody wanted and nobody deserves is Kaylin Kyle. You know, she tried to blow the whistle and, and, and they're silencing her. You know, they're silencing her because she tried to blow the whistle on this motherfucker, tried to tell the truth. She tried to tell the truth. Fuck yeah, Kayla and Kyle, man. She's the truth teller. Um I'm that's that's what I'm gonna name this I'm gonna name this episode Kayla and Kyle. Kayla and Kyle truth teller. Fuck yeah. All right, we did it. Uh please rate review the podcast wherever you get it. Um I am at Texas Zeller. MJ is at MJ Matsui. Jess is always at Jessica. One four four zero eight three nine or two. Niner. Niner. Uh, she got a new job, so uh, send Jess love. She always she always loves that. Um, please send your conspiracy theories to uh, MJ Matsui about what <laughs> Kaylin Kyle is doing. If, how she's like Luthering all of this shit uh, We've been the days you know This is As you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.